Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be with you all once again. Thank you so much for tuning in here each and every week to the Faith and Good Counsel show. I'm Stacy, and I'm so glad to be with you. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you see me, some of you see me as your spiritual mother. Well, guess what? I need a spiritual mama too. And there's a woman that I'm going to have on the show today. She is the author of her brand new book, God's Healing Mercy. And we're going to sit at the knee of spiritual mama, Kathleen Beckham. I want to welcome Kathleen to the Faith and Good Counsel radio show. Good good afternoon, Kathleen. Good afternoon, Stacy. I'm delighted to be with you and your listeners today. It's and a real I, privilege. Oh, I, it is a privilege for me. You've been uh, so instrumental in a particular healing in our own family, and I and I use those words, spiritual mother, very intentionally, um, and I want people to know about you and about your work and about the the vessel of mercy that you, Kathleen, are um, through God's grace. And so let me just tell you, my dear listeners, a little bit about Kathleen. Um, Kathleen Beckman, she is co-founder and president of the Foundation of Prayer for Priests. This is an international apostolate for the spiritual support of clergy. And she published in 2014 an awesome book, Praying for Priests, A Mission for the New Evangelization. Kathleen is an international retreat director and Ignatian-trained spiritual director, author of several books, many of my own favorites, one in particular, Rekindle Eucharistic Amazement. Love that particular book. Bring it to adoration often. You can hear Kathleen weekly on her program, radio program, Living Eucharist Internationally. That airs on Radio Maria, and she's a frequent guest on EWTN's TV and radio programs. Kathleen has served in leadership for Magnificat, a uh, ministry to Catholic women since 1991, and that's where I encountered Kathleen, and she uh, ministered to me, as I said, in a time uh, in the time when we were struggling with our son. And um, it's a ministry of healing and deliverance. And in fact, she is a spiritual director for the Pope Leo XIII Institute for Priests in that regard. And so, Kathleen, you come to us today, a humble daughter, beloved daughter of the Most High God, but with so many gifts to offer um, us through God's mercy, and I thank you for your for, for you, for your gift, but also for your latest book, God's Healing Mercy, Finding Your Path to Forgiveness, Peace, and Joy. Well, thank you, Stacy. I really appreciate your kindness. And, I, you know, as you, as you shared that, it's, you know, I was thinking over my journey with just a debt of gratitude that I owe to the Lord because I was, I think I appreciate healing and recognize the need for it because I was one who was so broken Amen. and in need of healing and received healing um, through the sacraments of the church. It's of a great appreciation and debt of gratitude to the Lord. And so everything that I do is to thank Him and to help people realize that um, there's always, no matter where, where we are, whatever, how dire our circumstance may be, there is reason for hope Amen. because God is going to lift us up out of that particular darkness that we might be in and situations that overwhelm us. He is the divine physician. He is the healer, and he's almighty. He's sovereign, and he has a plan for us. And I just know, like, I'm so glad that you mentioned Magnificat because Magnificat is just an army of, of spiritual women um, who are trying to imitate Mary and 
follow the Lord, and we just support one another. And so I know we've, I've had magnificent women minister to me when I was uh, really in need of it, and so I'm delighted that our paths crossed uh, through Magnificat. That's the thing, Kathleen. The healing and the Lord shares with us is not just meant for us. It is meant for us, but it also is meant for us through his grace and his mercy and his love to give it away. And that's what you offered to me, and that's what I offer, I pray, in this apostolate, in the Faith and Good Counsel radio show and all of my other work, as 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 a vessel of love, as a vessel of beauty and mercy to others, to give away what we have received. And so that is, I, I think, our mission, right? Wouldn't you say? Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I always say in retreat work, a lot of Catholics in the pew may feel uncomfortable because they don't consider themselves catechists or, you know, uh, apologists. But I said to them uh, that Pope Paul VI, he made a statement that if people are going to listen to a teacher, it's because the teacher is a witness and the people would prefer to hear from a witness. And I said, you know, we may not be able to teach the faith, but... Every person has a witness. Every person yes. can tell their story of what God has done in their life, and people can, they can't argue with that. That's and, right. you know, it really clicks with people that, yeah, that's what God is calling me to do is bear witness. Amen. Well, I'm looking, one of the ways you're bearing witness is through your brand new book, God's Healing Mercy, Finding Your Path to Forgiveness peace and joy. And the organization of this book really speaks to my heart. You've, you've organized it in a way that it can be used as a retreat or in perhaps in individually or in, with a group. Um, but you speak in terms of the rays of divine mercy and healing that we receive from that beautiful holy image of the rays that come forth from that sacred heart of Jesus. Can you talk a little bit about just the rays of mercy? And then we're going to get a little more specific into each chapter. Well, you know, the um, rays of mercy, um, are it, they come from the pierced heart of Jesus. This is very important yes. that his heart was pierced so that when we, our hearts are pierced, we identify with his pierced heart. And the rays of mercy, the, the blood and the water, these are very Eucharistic symbols. The, the blood reminds us of the precious blood of the Eucharist and the water of the waters of baptism. Both of those are our life, our spiritual life with the Lord. And so, you know, we're, we're bathed with this blood and water, and we enter into the the perfect family. I always like to think that we might be uh, carrying wounds from the very imperfect human family, but we have the perfect family in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the church triumphant in our with the angels and the saints. So the Rays of Mercy, we set the book, um, and I want to thank Sophia Institute Press, who really they commissioned me to write the book. It was their concept, and they wanted me to write one chapter for every month of the Year of Mercy. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that it would be beautiful to shine the rays of divine mercy on, you know, I started out with personally, and then on the family, on the poor and the sick and the suffering, and then on friends and enemies, on the church, on um, on uh, various vocations, on doubters and believers, rays of mercy, on those who suffer in diabolical uh, situations, uh, rays of mercy on sinners and saints, rays of mercy on marriages, on the unborn, and on the whole world, yes. and I end with the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So it covers a lot, but each chapter is, as you know, organized so that a person could um, give themselves a personal retreat or do it in a small group or many, many parishes 
are taking the whole parish community through um, this book for the Year of Mercy. Amen. Well, I'm looking at the very first chapter, Healing from Unforgiveness, Healing from Unforgiveness. And you make the the statement here that unforgiveness is costly. And I I know that I certainly see that in my own work. In fact, unforgiveness has a very personal effect on the person themselves, the person who has been hurt. When we hold bitterness against someone who has harmed us, we place ourselves, in fact, in spiritual darkness, and you say it makes us vulnerable to increased spiritual warfare. It also has impact on our own mental health. Our unforgiveness has impact on our mental health. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yes, and I want to share with the listeners that, you know, I personally struggled with unforgiveness. Um, And so this first chapter, I wanted to, um, I really wanted to look at, um, the Church's teaching on forgiveness through uh, a variety of lenses. And, um, you know, working with priests in the healing and deliverance ministry, we always work with mental health um, professionals like yourself and uh, who help the priest to assess, because um, we're interested, the Church is interested in healing the whole person, and we can't compartmentalize. And so um, we look at that, and so I I included uh, some of that in this chapter. It's the longest chapter in the book, because I think it's something that everyone relates to. Yes. Everyone needs to give somebody something, right? Yes. But, you know, um, one of the surprising things, Stacey, that I found was a quote for that chapter uh, from St. Philip Neri, and he said, whenever we pray, the Our Father, which most of us pray that several times a day, um, we call down vengeance on ourselves if we pray that prayer with unforgiveness in our heart. And that really struck a chord. I mean, that really motivated me to, to please, Lord, get rid of all the poison of unforgiveness in my own heart. So um, to talk a little bit about how costly unforgiveness is, We've uh, discovered that, I mean, this is a general consensus among, um, you know, we were working with the Catholic Medical Association, mm-hmm. um, that there's an increased anxiety symptoms for people that are unforgiving, uh, increased paranoia, increased narcissism, increased frequency of psychosomatic complications, increased incidence of heart disease, less tolerance to physical illness, and increased incidence of depression and callousness towards others. Now, We contrast that with the common characteristics of forgiving people, and they have less anxiety and depression, they have a better health outcome, a greater ability to cope with stress, and increased closeness to God and others. As you know, if we are harboring unforgiveness, and it's very difficult, it's very difficult not to sometimes when we've been hurt, and all of us have been hurt at some point, and we close that door to our heart, that door closed door might you know, be to keep out more pain, but we're also keeping out rays of grace that God wants to give us because um, these are the lessons God is teaching us through the hurts and pains. And, you know, I always appreciate that Jesus, even when he was resurrected, he did not hide his wounds. He he appears to the apostles after the uh, resurrection, and his wounds are present. And so, you know, we have a tendency, and I talk about this in the book, that we want to be like Adam and Eve, you know, where we hide, that we have the fig leaves, that we want to cover our wounds. But, you know, the truth will set us free. Amen. And if we expose those wounds to the rays of mercy, to God's love, 
he heals them and he gives mm-hmm. us, you know, behold, I make all things new. And so it's like if I broke my leg when I was a little girl, I remember that I broke my leg, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's how God heals our, our memories. I love that you address there are research-based reasons why forgiveness is good for us, why practicing our Catholic faith, the beauty of the commandment, if you will, of Christ uh, given to us to forgive, right, is good for us, even in an evidence-based medicine approach. I just love that you bring that up in your book. And as we head to break, Kathleen, I just want to give people a quote from your brand new book, God's Healing Mercy, Finding Your Path to Forgiveness and Joy. You pose a question here prior to going into this section on the cost of unforgiveness. And it's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Do we desire our wounds to define us? Oh, do we want to be healed? We have to ask that question. And we can indeed forgive others and ourselves through the sacred wounds of Jesus. Not alone, not by ourselves. We can't do it. But guess what? Christ's mercy is there waiting. Those rays of mercy, the blood and water pouring out from the divine physician, from his pierced sacred heart. My guest today is Kathleen Beckman, author of God's Healing Mercy. We'll be right back. This is Franciscan Father Greg Friedman for the Catholic Communication Campaign with a message about faithful citizenship. Jesus shocked the righteous folks of his time when he hung out with sinners and those on the fringes of society. We believe that in Jesus we see the best of what a human being can be, fully, freely, unselfishly loving and laying down his life for those he loves. Jesus is why we hold that all human life is sacred. In this election cycle, our bishops remind us that the continuing destruction of unborn children through abortion and other threats to the lives and dignity of others who are vulnerable, sick, or unwanted remain preeminent threats to human dignity because they directly attack life itself, the most fundamental human good, and the condition for all others. These can never be a matter of individual choice. For more on the dignity of human life, go to Faithful Citizenship. This is a Papal Minute. Pope Sylvester II. Gebert of Aurillac was born around 945. He came of humble origins, but was sent to a nearby monastery where his intelligence soon won him opportunities to study and travel. He became well known for his scientific, musical, and mathematical abilities. Over his lifetime, his reputation as a scholar grew He possessed a large library of classical manuscripts, which he brought with him to Rome. He became Pope in April of the year 999. During his brief papacy, he was a staunch defender of papal prerogatives, and he attempted to purify the papacy of the corruption of the 10th century. He condemned the sale of church offices and required the practice of clerical celibacy. His reign was short, only four years. I'm Claire Coulon, and this has been a Papal Minute. Welcome back to the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I'm Stacey Galino, your host, having a wonderful, wonderful conversation today with my guest, Kathleen Beckman. She's the author of God's Healing Mercy, and I'm so glad to have you with me today, Kathleen. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. 
Oh, we are, we are spreading the Lord, just being that vessel of God's mercy today, offering in love to our brothers and sisters, our fellow, fellow travelers on the road, right to holiness, the, the witness of God's mercy and what he has done in both of our lives, you know, and, and offering us as recipients of divine mercy. We want to give it away, give it away. And that's what you do, Kathleen, in this beautiful book, God's Healing Mercy. And I want to speak, you were beginning to allude to this before the break, but I want to talk a little bit about shame. You know, the shame that we all feel, if we're really honest, if we're really, really, really honest and looking deep within, we all carry shame. In fact, it comes from the garden when we were disobedient, when Adam and Eve were disobedient, and we now share or bear that burden of of original sin and concupiscence, the cosmic shame that we feel where Maybe we feel unworthy or unlovable or somehow dirty, perhaps sins that we've committed or sins that have commit, been committed against us, burdened, um, oppressed. But I love this quote here where you, in, in, uh, in God's Healing Mercy, where you begin to speak about shame and begin to distinguish it from some other feelings and emotions that we feel. And you say, in comparison to guilt, you say, shame is deeper than guilt and is not based on some wrong that we did. And here's where it really pierces my heart. Rather, the center of the soul aches of being wrong. Shame touches the nerve of self in a painful way. More piercing than condemnation is the feeling of shame. With shame, we feel the depths of our depravity and long for healing. Now that could kind of take us away, and we do need to ponder these things in adoration where the Lord can just shower us with his beautiful mercy. But there's hope. I don't, we don't want to stay there in this place of darkness. Immediately we know that there is hope through divine mercy. Can you talk a little bit about that and how divine mercy is the healing for our shame? Absolutely. And I think it's important, um, as you spoke and said about how this is part of our original wound. This is that um, what happened in the Garden of Eden with our original parents. And, you know, we read in the book of Genesis 3.10, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And that's kind of the cosmic shame. And uh, people, I, I put that in the book because a lot of times when we realize that, uh, where these, this feeling of shame can come from, we realize, okay, that's part of the original wound. It's part of my human fallen nature. It's the ache of the soul. But then, you know, God made a provision for that. And his provision is the Father wanted to heal that original wound, and he does so by sending incarnate mercy by his beloved Son, his only begotten Son, uh, is incarnate and he's divine mercy. And so mercy comes and meets us where we're at and um, heals the wound of shame. And so I thought it was important in the book, because it deals so much with inner healing, for people to understand this uh, ache of the soul, if you will, and to allow the rays of divine mercy to fall afresh upon that ache of the soul. Part of that is related, I believe, Stacey, too, to the fact that you know, we tend to, or at least I tend to want to feel comfortable in the place where I'm in, I am, and I'm reminding myself always, or God is reminding me in prayer, I'm on a journey, and I'm a pilgrim, and this is not my home. My home is with the Father in heaven, 
in the next life. So in this life, we feel the aches and pains, the hills and valleys, uh, the, the, the meetings um, with along the way um, of a journey that we're mm-hmm. on. And so that feeling of, well, I'm not quite settled, sometimes that's not, you know, a bad thing. Right. That just always reminding us that, that you know, we are, we are pilgrims on a journey and we're moving toward a goal. And I think when we understand some of these emotions and the, the, this, especially this wound of shame, which is so important. And I also love, there's a book by Benedict Groeschel called the, it's titled The Original Wound. And he says that he's heard confessions, uh, he heard confessions of the highest princes of the church and of homeless people in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he said there's never, he never met one person who wasn't insecure. Yeah, me too, <laughs> Kathleen. I would never compare myself to the Benedict, Father Benedict, <clears throat> Father Benedict Groeschel, the great, my heart. <laughs> yes. I yes. bet he's such a, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he is a saint. Yes. I, his work is so powerful and, and wonderful. And, you know, one of the, the, the ways that I see shame manifested just just in all of the souls that I encounter, um, and even some d- degree to myself, I, I'm, I'm a human being as well and, and uh, fall under this uh, category of, of, of uh, holding on to shame at times. But it's that I'm unworthy. Somehow we're unworthy of this beautiful divine mercy that the Lord offers, that it's, it's meant for everyone else but me. But that's that unworthiness that comes right. from shame, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, again, we just need to remember that God made a provision for that. And his provision was giving us a new Eve, a new mother, uh, yes. Mother Mary, yes. to mother us. And uh, and the Lord Jesus, um, our Savior, to to heal us and to save us from that. And so, you know, we're always in that process of uh, being redeemed. Amen. And so He redeems these wounds of ours. And yes, sin is part of that original wound. And um, you know, we try so much to counterbalance sin with the cultivation of virtue. And the Lord's mercy is there helping us, but it is a journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the provision of the Lord is His mercy, His forgiveness, you know, um, exposing those wounds and bringing them to confession. As, as uh, Jesus told St. Faustina, you know, the tribunal of mercy, that is that healing chamber, that beautiful gift of uh, sacramental confession we're made to confess, you know? Amen. So Amen. Meant, to light. meant for every human person yes. ever yes. created. Absolutely. No one is outside of God's mercy. It's the lesson that I learned when my father-in-law was murdered and I was crying out for vengeance and justice. I wanted him, you know, uh, uh, prosecuted to the full extent of the law. They never did catch him, but Jesus really taught me how to pray for forgiveness for that murderer. And then I realized, my goodness, no one is outside of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And this is a great lesson that he's taught me, and it's very, very true. No one, no matter how much their prodigal child and how deep and far they've gone away from the Lord, no one is outside of God's mercy. Amen, amen. And I think we can all, in our in our fallen human nature, can connect with those feelings that you must have been feeling where you're holding bitterness and anger and, and a heart of revenge towards someone. You know, in, in a certain sense, you can say it's, you know, a, a right, 
a, a right thing to do because it was a harm, a, a deep harm that was done uh, right. directly to someone that you love, but also to your family. And there's, there's, there's a certain right there to those feelings. However, we're called to forgive. How does one reconcile that? And it is through divine mercy and what we're speaking about today, Kathleen, and what you share with us in God's Healing Mercy, your brand new book. We were running so short on time here, but I wanted to say I'm glad you brought up that story. There's so much more to that beautiful, beautiful, tragic, but beautiful story, Kathleen, and how the Lord converted your heart through uh, from a place of sin sickness, if you will, which is yes. something that you discuss in your book, through the Eucharist and through healing there. So how can you talk to us about how the Eucharist affects our, our, um, our healing in that regard? Well, I mean, the, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. I mean, it's Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. And, you know, I, we, I think, can never fathom the great gift that we receive in receiving Jesus in the Eucharist and also in looking upon him in the Eucharist uh, during adoration. So, you know, that is how I received healing. And I always uh, encourage, when I'm leading retreats, encourage people to to look at themselves, uh, to to grasp their identity through the eyes of God and to uh, set their eyes on the Lord in the Eucharist and, and let Him mirror for them, you know, their true identity so that you come to know yourself in the gaze of Eucharistic love. And so, you know, praying, Lord, show me who I am or who do you say that I am? Because we hear, everybody hears, um, you know, different messages from uh, human beings in our in our circle and but we need to hear from the Lord. Who do you say that I am? And it, we, he shows us our identity in and through that Eucharist because, in a way, as you know, the ache of the soul is for this intimacy, right? Amen. It doesn't get more intimate than receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity into our bodies. That's the intimacy we all long for. And But Jesus has to compete with so many other things in our life. And so I just really know that for me, primary, primary in the spiritual life is uh, the Eucharist, is the liturgy, the Mass, and then also the adoration has just been the most healing uh, way that I have received healing and that many people come to be healed. I know that um, I've been spiritually mothered today by Kathleen Beckman, author of God's Healing Mercy, and I bet you have too, my dear listeners. There's, there's this and so much more in her brand new book, God's Healing Mercy. Kathleen, tell us how we can get a copy and connect with you and hear you speak live and, uh, and hear you speak on radio. Well, thank you, Stacey. Um, I have a website, KathleenBeckman.com, very simple. Uh, the book, God's Healing Mercy, is, is on Amazon. It is published by the fantastic team of Sophia Institute Press. So if you go to sophiapress.com, you'd find the book there. And um, and in local bookstores, if you go to my website, KathleenBeckman.com, you'll have links to where I don't personally sell it, but you'll have links to, to the um, publisher and so they can find it there. And I am on Radio Maria every Tuesday. I'll be on later on tonight. Um, we've changed the name of the program now. It's okay. updated to Eucharist, Mercy, and Saints. Oh. So, mm. um, because in the book, you know, I, I'm one of my favorite parts that we didn't get to talk about it was at the end of each chapter, I give a profile in Mercy, which is a saint. And, oh, yes. um, you know, a saint that has exemplified 
uh, receiving God's mercy and being a vessel of mercy. And I love that part of the book. I love the saints. I love, I love you. I just, I'm so grateful for you and for your, your yes to the Lord. Kathleen Beckman, thank you so much for being here with us. Stacey, keep up your good work. Oh, thank you so much. And let us go out, Kathleen, together, praying to become a living monstrance in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, please fashion me into a living Eucharistic monstrance so that I may become a vessel of mercy, carrying your love to others. Through our Eucharistic incorporation, grant that I may be a child of the light, salt of the earth, bread for the hungry, water for the thirsty, new wine and healing oil for others. May people see you in my servant's heart. God bless you, my dear listeners. Until we are together next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel radio show, Pox Christi, y'all. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 